listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances, and more. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mike Keneally. And happy Friday. So if you are tuning in, you know that we drop a new episode every single Friday to help you end your week strong when it comes to the work week or school week, but start your weekend even stronger to reflect on some stuff that maybe you have asked and maybe some things that you feel other people are asking or that you are currently up against when it comes to us unpacking your question. And we are just thrilled that you are tuning in and we're excited to unpack another question today. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're new to the journey, thanks for joining us. And if you've been listening a while, you know that we unpack one question every week Mm -hmm. and uh, it can be about faith it can be about deconstruction it can be about life things like finances relationships adulting um Mm -hmm. and we micah what's crazy is i think it's already two weeks ago now but we did one preston our friend had asked us a question about like hey what do i do if i feel like i keep Mm -hmm. hitting dead ends and i'm pretty sure within the first Mm -hmm. week don't have the metrics in front of me but i'm pretty sure that hit a record for downloads and views and just people were really resonating with the idea of like, I, I, I've, maybe I feel stuck. Right. And so we wanted to take another angle at this and do a follow-up of how to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And we're going to kick it off right away with our scripture. Yeah. How's that? I love it. So Zechariah 4.10 says this, do not despise the day of small beginnings. The Lord rejoices when the work begins. And that work begins when you say yes, and you start moving something forward in your life. And so we just want to encourage you, if there's something that's pressing on your heart right away that you have yet to begin and to start, know that God is prompting your heart. And when you start doing that, God is going to start showing up bigger than you ever ask, could ask, dream, or imagine when it comes to that. And just don't despise the small, tedious things because we have to begin with the end in mind. And I know it's a huge and hard concept when you are 18 years old listening to this podcast, when you don't even know what you're going to do for lunch or supper or even this weekend. So Josiah, what do you have to say? No. And I think that it's, it's so important because like for me, there's been many times and seasons of my life where I felt stuck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times I needed to retrace my steps mm-hmm. and look at yeah. like, hey, where where was I? Yeah. Like, I, I feel stuck, but I didn't a month ago or a year ago. So I I think that idea of retracing your steps, it's like almost when you lose something. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it happens to me a lot recently, but it's like, where's my, where my, where's my phone? Where's my keys? Where'd I put that drill? I was doing a project. Couldn't find it. My gloves. It's winter in this winter <laughs> wonderland. And, um, but have you ever had that where you like lost something and you you had to like go back and retrace your steps? Oh yeah. And that's one of the most annoying and hard feelings when it's something that's near and dear to your heart. Or if you've gone somewhere public and you've lost your wallet or your ID. Um, but the good thing to keep in mind is we're never going to lose our identity because it's in Christ, right? Oh, that's, that's a good word. That is a good word. Huh, and I, <laughs> I just, I think of like, okay, so you're stuck. Mm-hmm. When were you last in motion? So like glance in the rear view mirror and I don't want you to get it stuck in the past, but like where it's, it's almost like you get lost mm. and you're stuck or you hit a dead end in the road. You got to put it in reverse, retrace your steps a little bit, see, okay, 
it's snow there there's like a giant snowstorm mm-hmm. in minnesota so it's like if your car gets stuck you got to put it in four wheel drive or you've got to try backing up and see if I rock this a little bit, if I go look back, if I retrace my steps, can I get a better footing forward? And I think similarly, it allows us to recalibrate. So we want to retrace our steps. We want to recalibrate, but I love that verse from Zachariah of just saying Mm -hmm. like, today is where you are. Right. And I never want to look at today as a burden. I want to look at it as a blessing because today's this present moment. It's a gift from God. Right. Right. And so let's not hate our life just because we feel stuck. Um, but instead I think to recognize maybe I'm not where I want to be, but for some reason Mm -hmm. God's with me. Yeah. That's so good. And the visual that I get is when we were in Montana and we were marrying one of my best friends, right? Like we were doing their wedding and we were in, um, the mountains. It was the day before their wedding. They said, Hey, take our truck, go out, have fun. And go, go down giant and account. just go check it out. You're gonna have so much fun. And if you're in the mountains, you know, there's obviously going to be snow and it was the most beautiful drive Seriously. on the way up and through, like you were in this canvas uh, or this um, canopy of like this beautiful scenery and it was all white and there were deer. And I just, I, what my camera received through the lens was not what my eyes were actually taking in. So it's like, the scenery was uh, probably distracting us so much that we ended up going further than what we wanted to go. And if you know anything, the sun up there is intense, the higher you get in the mountains, which causes the snow to melt and to get slushy, to get slippery. And we found ourselves almost going into the ditch and then having to back up like literally half a mile down this mountain, put like it in two reverse. Miles an hour we're talking. Put it in reverse when you can't see the road and there's a ditch or a ravine on each side. You can't turn around. And praying to God that nobody else comes and wants to come up the pass because we're coming down the pass backwards. So I just, we did get out of it. We had a, like probably a 20 point turn. So we didn't go overboard and just pray to God, like, where's a dry spot that we can like get under a little bit of a tree to kind of get some traction and gain some momentum and make sure that we get out of this alive. And for the listener, if you feel like you have reached a dead end or you found yourself in a place, whether it's emotionally, Mm. physically, spiritually, where you never thought you would be, and you're it, whether it's it's dangerous or it's unsettling or it's not where God has intended you to be and camp out and stay, you might have to do what we did: retrace your steps, move backwards in elements of life, and really invite the Lord into that situation and find a place of rest so you can regain traction. You can regain momentum in your thinking, and you can begin to put into motion the things that God has for you. And you're not going back of the mountain that you just came down or get back in that relationship you just broke out of or go back into debt that you just paid off. It is easing back down that mountain or that decision that you've made, turning around and going the other way. And I'll tell you one thing, the, the drive on the way back home was more beautiful than the drive on the way up when I thought the one up was beautiful. And I think sometimes when we think we're going in the right direction, phys- physically, literally, figuratively, whatever, and we discover that it's not the direction we should be going, it may be beautiful for a while, 
but we realize we're in the wrong spot and we turn around, God's path for us is always better than what we found ourselves in or what we've turned from. So I just want to encourage you just right away, like if you find yourself in that that season or that position, um, that's a true story that happened with me and Josiah. And then we get the vehicle back and he's like, we cleaned it. We took it through the wash, everything. He's like, you guys, I was hoping you'd bring it back just disgusting and dirty because I knew that you would have fun with it. And then we told him the story. He's like, I should have showed you how to hit all the different gears because yeah, you were in the wrong gear. Um, so to do what God's called you to do, maybe you're in the wrong gear. Yeah. Maybe you're in the wrong friend group. Maybe you're in the wrong dorm. Maybe you're in the wrong relationship. Maybe, I don't know what your, your thing is that you were up against that dead end in your life, but there is breakthrough, but we do have to take a step back, slide down the mountain, maybe, and just recalibrate essentially. So good. And I see this a lot of times with careers. Oh yeah. You know, we've tried for how long, maybe it's five years. You've tried to bend a position into what you've hoped it would be Mm. and you've made it work and it's made ends meet, but you're just unfulfilled and you can't, you know, there's no future there. I think that's kind of like the type of feeling stuck or in a rut or in a dead end. I think that's a lot of times what this question could be referring to. I think it could also be with a friend group. Right. It's like when your friends are no longer growing, but you're still of a growth mindset, it's mm-hmm. hard and it's painful. And it doesn't mean you leave friendships behind, but it means you're going to need to maintain those friendships and seek out some new ones that are going to help you push through those plateaus relationally. And I think this is from John Acuff. Um, But I I heard Rich Wilkerson Jr. say this in a sermon as well. But um, I think it'd be so fun to just share like within decades of 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, what the goal is. Because we're talking to a lot of 20-somethings, maybe early, you know, early 30s, but young adults. And it's like, over the past hundred years, John Acuff did a study mm-hmm. on the road to success that has traditionally been split into five stages. And he believes that they're coincided with um, the decades of working life. So and before we take a look at it, okay. Okay. There's five different stages yep. we're going to unpack here, yes. but this is a form of beginning with the end in mind. It's just going to say that. So keep that in mind. Sorry exactly. to cut you off. No, no, no. I didn't want to take that away, but also it's, it's less daunting and intimidating when we do unpack this and we explain it. So if you're thinking like, I don't even know what I'm going to have for supper tonight, let alone who I want to be when I'm 80. Yes, that is a daunting thought. And that is overwhelming. You don't even know if you're going to see tomorrow. We don't even know. Yeah. But when you break it down, like Josiah is going to now, just take a breath and breathe. Because here's the thing. I want to remind you as he unpacks this, God is never late. He's rarely early but he's always on time. So whatever that thing is that you've been praying for, wanting, desiring, it may be on its way, but become the person in the process of the wait to be able to withhold and withstand whatever is in the future, calling, relationship, family, breakthrough, business, whatever that is and what could be. Just take that into consideration as Josiah unpacks the five things. Yeah. Josiah, kick us off. Yeah, these are from John Acuff, like I said, and he said that your 20s 
are for learning. This is where you try new things, you experiment Mm -hmm. and experience new things that you're learning what you're good at. You're learning what fires you up. You're learning what revs your engine. And so again, the decade of 20s is for learning. Your 30s then are for editing. It's kind of sorting out your interests, fine tuning Mm -hmm. um, your friends as well, of course, but eliminate the things uh, that editing, right? There's the edit, there's the cut, cut, copy, paste, but it's like editing is kind of like fine tuning. Yep. This doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm going to add this. So learning, editing forties, your forties mm-hmm. are for mastering. This is where you kind of find your niche, mm-hmm. your sweet spot a little bit. Um, you keep honing your craft, you keep growing in your skills and become an expert. That's the concept of mastery. Your fifties are then for harvesting. And harvesting is when you reap the rewards mm-hmm. and uh, decisions you made previous decades and um, you reach your highest earning potential. Right. So that's why he's calling it harvesting. Um, and then the last one he says guiding is in your 60s. And this is the decade where you mentor others with the wisdom that you've gained in prior years. And so my encouragement, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. My encouragement to you today is wherever you're at, think in terms of decades, not in days. Right. So often when we look at just today, we're going to think of like, oh man, I can't do it all. Like, but there's tomorrow too. And Micah's idea of thinking with the end in mind and beginning with the end in mind, such a key Mm -hmm. part of that is thinking in terms of decades, not just in the days. Well, and when you're looking at the breakdown of 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 to 60 and beyond, don't be discouraged or frustrated or set unobtainable goals in a sense of this. I was guilty of this. When I'm 30, I want this, 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 and this from the God. I want a husband. I want kids. By the time I'm 30, I'm done having kids. And I went to the hymn with a to-do list and a goal list that I had for myself that I didn't necessarily have control in or over. So what we're talking about here isn't necessarily by the time I'm 40, I'm going to retire. That can be a goal of yours, but has God designed you 41 and beyond just to sit on the beach, collect shells, not engage, not further his kingdom, like just become human living their life with no no impact outside of your you know whatever 30 40 years that you dedicated so just keeping in mind that we get to invite god in all these different seasons of life and don't feel like a failure if you haven't reached them by a certain point a lot of what we're talking about here is mastering your gifts your talents the abilities that you have finding out the yeses and the noes in your life and learning how to manage maintain and really steward all of those different elements because along the way, your passions may change, your approach and your passion may change, but that doesn't mean that you're useless. That doesn't mean that you're not, you haven't done the right thing. It means God is building your character. And sometimes when you think about this, I would think I would relate to this. When I was in high school, I was in a home ec class and I loved sewing. I loved baking. I loved cooking. I loved, I loved this class. My favorite class aside from gym. <laughs> so when you're, when you're learning how to make bread and you have yeast and you're adding the warm water, it can't be too hot. It can't be too cold. Chemistry is involved, right? So when I got to chemistry the next year, baking made more sense of how things were the leavening agents, the temperatures of the water, um, measuring tools. So 
even in your high school years, or even in your college years, sometimes you're in a course that you have to take in yeah. order to graduate, yeah. quote unquote. Yep. And you're like, why am I sitting here? Why am I taking this class? And does it even matter? And then you get to your senior year and you're like, oh my gosh, it does matter because I'm going back in my mind to what I learned as a freshman. And sometimes when we get to our thirties, which Josiah and I are both in now, we're in the editing phase of realizing like, whoa, this makes sense now, but when you're in it, it doesn't always make sense. Kind of like that home ec class. Why am I learning chemistry in home ec? And then I get to chemistry itself and baking makes more sense on so many different levels. So if you feel like you're in a season or a dead end and you don't know how you got there and it doesn't make sense, study your surroundings because there's a reason why you're there and there's a reason of how you got there. You just need to figure out what needs to change in the process, right? It's good. And yesterday we did a dream session with our friend Roger and Roger is an expert in Canva. Like he's one of the verified Canva. If you know Canva, it's like graphic and um, photo Mm -hmm. and video design software that you can use from your phone or computer. And it's kind of taking the place of Photoshop. But anyway, um, Canva, we were dreaming with Roger and he just encouraged us as someone that is literally considered a verified Canva expert. He's like, I approach content creation Mm -hmm. as an experiment versus becoming an expert. And I think that there's such a life lesson in that that brings us back to the verse of the day, which is not despising the day of small beginnings, Mm -hmm. because here's the key. Zechariah knew that you have to start somewhere, right? You've got to start somewhere. Like Apple is not where Apple is today with the iPhone Mm -hmm. 14 pro max. It didn't start there. Right. And it wasn't even that Apple was all that inventive. It was that they invented a way to group new technologies. They Mm. took the best of hardware. They took the best of software. They took the best of user experience experience, and they piecemealed it together. And if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, well, that's actually not innovation that you didn't invent anything. Yeah, I did. I invented the way to put them together. Mm. And so I think that not despising the day of small beginnings is so huge because God rejoices Mm -hmm. when the work begins. So you started something, you took a step, celebrate the small victories along the way. And as you encounter problems, this is one of the quotes that uh, I guess it has brought me a lot of encouragement Mm -hmm. and it's Albert Einstein. He said that it wasn't that he was smarter than other people. It was that he stuck with problems longer. Mm, yeah. He just stuck with it longer. It wasn't that he was more brilliant. He just stuck with it. And I think sometimes brilliance is not taking no for an answer. And if there's mm. something that I want to pass along to my daughters, to the next generation, it's really a determination. Mm-hmm. You might feel stuck today, but don't take no for an answer forever. Right. You can get unstuck. There is victory and there is breakthrough like Micah was talking about. And I love Micah, if you take mm. us to this place to talk about King David mm-hmm. and his life, because I think it is something that I relate to so much in my thirties now, Right. but having dreams at a young age. Well, yeah. If we look at King David, any part of his story is he was 
according to his brothers, nothing but a, a shepherd boy, right? His brothers were all out at war. They were He's the in runt. the midst of everything. He was the, the little redheaded runt who was taking care of the sheep, but drawing close to the heart of Christ in all the hours that he took care of the flock. Killed the lion. Yes. Killed the bear. God gave him supernatural abilities. He honed his craft of a, a sling and a stone to be able to kill the animals that did become um, a threat to the to the flock. And one day he decided he was going to go take lunch to his brothers and he delivered the lunch and there was Goliath, somebody that needed to be defeated, but everybody was too scared to step up. And they even offered David, okay, you're not going to insult my, you're not going to insult my God. Let me fight him. Right. And he was a young boy. He was like teenager, middle school, teenager age. And he was given a promise. He, he, he defeated Goliath. He was offered to wear armor that was not his. He said, no, all I need is my sling and the stones in my hand. And, and it was finished in that moment. And what soon began is people saw him differently. People saw not only his heart for the Lord, but his integrity that he had. And there was a calling on his life. There was an anointing on his life from God above. And he God had a plan for him. And David's life went on to, to be, you know, obviously older. And he also played the harp, right? Mm -hmm. So when one of the kings was being tormented with thoughts and all these different things um, at a camp, David came in and he, he strummed his harp and he, it brought peace to his soul, right? And it was in that season and in that time that now Samuel, Samuel, yeah, Samuel, Samuel actually recognized him as the next anointed king, and he anointed his head with oil. They say between the ages of eight and fifteen, he was approximately a teenager. So a teenager getting anointed with oil, getting the promise of that you will lead a nation, you will be the king, and the king was still alive. So, and, and his own son would not get the throne, but King David would come in a whole new story, but he was best friends with his friend who should have been King, but God had a different plan. And I don't know if you want to take it from there, Josiah, or what well, you want to land on here. Sure. I just look at like, okay, let's just say 18. I know you said 15 and many scholars think it's, but he's a teenager. Let's just yeah. use for our example. Let's just say he was 18. And he was actually anointed king at age 18, King David. And then Saul's still living. David slays the giants. Mm -hmm. And by age 30, it took him till age 30 to actually wear the crown, being crowned king. Right. So anointed king, he had the dream. He had the promise over yep. his life at 18. It took- 12 years. 12 years, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what young adulthood is a lot of times. Right. And I remember visiting a couple uh, in Israel, a couple of places. One of them was the Valley of Elah, hmm. where the victory came for the people of God through David hmm. slayed Goliath. And this was the echo I imagined in the Valley of Elah are my best days behind me. Hmm. And I think that's the whisper that I've wondered in my own life, that's a lie from the enemy. Wow. Yeah. And I think the echo of the Valley of Elah sounds like, oh, I just slayed Goliath. And now I'm hiding in these caves because the king is after me. I was anointed king, but maybe Samuel got it wrong. 
Hmm. Maybe the promise was for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Maybe God's forgotten about me. And maybe these are some of the things in your dead ends or in your feeling stuck that you've been wondering. And I would say, don't let the echo of the enemy stay in your head or your thoughts. It's good. Tune into the voice of truth. I heard Louis Giglio say this. Don't doubt in the dark what God spoke to you in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what God spoke to you in the light. And so... There's a difference between our my best days behind me and the confidence knowing that following Jesus, mm. the best is always yet to come. Yeah. And that's the note that we want to leave you with today is that if you've never followed Jesus before mm. or surrendered to his lordship and his kingship in your life, the best is yet to come. Yeah. And you can pray to make him the Lord and savior of your life. And you can put your faith in Jesus. And mm. then the best is always yet to come. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you also, if you feel like you're in a small beginning and you feel like you have the sling and the stone and these sheep before you, and you don't know what to do, ask God, look up and just start stewarding what is before you. If you want to start a podcast, start using your phone. If you want to become a better student and you're really struggling, get a tutor, like taking that first step in stewarding your God-given talents and the brain that God's given you between your ears, do it, you know, and and also enjoy the process and enjoy the waiting. So if you feel maybe you're in the second stage, you're like my aspire, my tires aren't spinning, but I feel like I'm going down this mountain backwards, trying to get back on course. Well, I just want to encourage you that I'm sure David wanted to take control and he wanted to get back on course during that 12 plus years as he was mm -hmm. waiting to actually take the throneship of the kingship. Um, and he had many opportunities to take, take matters into his own yes, hands yeah. by killing the king where he would become king. And he did not. He remained faithful to the Lord. He waited on the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, continue to wait on the Lord. But if something needs to change, he will reveal it to you. So don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of adding something to your life or cutting something out. Just enjoy the process. And I don't want to say enjoy the pain, but God has given us the ability to endure pain when we invite him into our hurt. And so I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're in a season of hurt and you're in a, maybe a season of healing that God wants to, to use your story, maybe not right now, but 10, 15, 20 years from now, maybe 10 months from now that your hurts, your pains, your stories will soon become a testimony for those who might be up against the same thing you are currently, but you need to start the road of healing. So your story can actually be a testimony versus a me too moment. And the note that we'll close and leave you with on today is this, that it's not a miracle if you have all the resources already. It's good. It's not. So if you have a dream and you feel like you lack resources, start. And it might be a small beginning and the Lord rejoices and we mm -hmm. will not despise that. It's the miracle isn't when you have everything in your hand. It's when you have a confidence knowing that God's going to do it. Right. And he's the one who called you and he's Good. the one who's faithful. So until next time, this is Josiah and Micah with the FYI podcast. Thanks for tuning in.
Hey everybody, this is Micah and Josiah Keneally. We are with Young Adults Today, which is our first year as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, just wanting to extend the hands and feet of Christ for what he's wanting us to do, but also what and how he's wanting us to reach the next generation and the generations to come. We've always said that Young Adults Today exists to reach the next generation in our world today. In fact, Psalm 145 verse 4 says this one generation is to tell the next of the marvelous deeds mm -hmm. of God that's at the heart of what we're doing is the faith of the next generation is worth everything and coming into the end of 2022 this mm -hmm. is our first fiscal year as like Micah mentioned a full blown nonprofit ministry and we would love to invite you to consider mm -hmm. a year-end gift or and or monthly support going into 2023. Yeah. And if finances are something that you cannot give up, you can give of your time through prayer if that's something you feel God calling you to. So we're always looking for people to rally around the heart of Christ, um, to pray for and to intercede and to intervene on the behalf, not only of us and our family and the ministry, but for the young adults across the world and across the nation. So if you want more information, Josiah, where can they find it? You can check out everything that we're doing is at www.youngadults.today. You can hit a slash give. You'll see on there, we have an exciting leadership conference coming up mm -hmm. this year in March. We have a weekend for hundreds of young adults to gather and lift up the name of Jesus in May. We have books coming out. Mm -hmm. We have the Young Adults Today podcast, as well as the FYI podcast, which is answering questions of college students and young adults. So we just want to say thank you for mm -hmm. your support, for your prayers, and for your giving.